Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 133 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. What's up? Not much. So we have a really fun show planned for you guys today, and it's kind of all centered around our segments that I've been doing with Katie for a year now. So Katie's been coming on the show. I can't believe it's been a year. It's been a little over a year since I met her on a park bench. Um, (laughs) And our listeners love this segment. So once a month, Katie comes on. It's always at the end of the show, and she shares a struggle, a discovery, and a success from her life in the trenches as a mom of a one-year-old and a three-year-old. But again, a year ago, it was like an infant and a toddler. Right. Um, they are getting older. As It as happens. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we hear so much from listeners how much you guys love this. And so we thought it'd be fun today. We're going to play a segment I did with Katie just the other day um, in the first part of the show. So in the first half of the show, and then Megan, you and I are going to kind of use that to bounce off and chat a little bit about, I don't know, how things change since we've been in Katie's position. I can't wait for you to weigh in on, because I always just talk to Katie, and then I I know you're going to have so many thoughts on what we heard from (laughs) Katie. (laughs) And then then you and I are going to share our own struggle, discovery, success from what's going on in our lives lately, because it is kind of a cool benchmark, I guess, for just what stage of life and motherhood are yeah. we in? And it's a yes. good chance for reflection. So changing up sort of the order a little bit today, doing some fun things. And my segment with Katie's a little longer than usual. We got into a lot of detail about cleaning humidifiers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so we yeah, had a lot of fun. you had a lot to say about that. <laughs> Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. 
And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. Okay. So Megan, we're going to play Katie's segment, which you have listened to. Um, and then we're going to talk about it. Does that sound like a good plan? I cannot wait. I'm right. really excited about this one. Okay, everybody. So here's Katie and me. Hey, guys. I'm here with Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? Good. Okay. So are you ready for this, Katie? We're doing our usual. Yep. Struggle, success, struggle, discovery, success. Yes, a little SDS action. All right, right now. Um, and then I can't wait. Megan's going to be able to weigh in after this. And so we'll do some of our own. So. I know. I love that. Like play by play commentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming straight to you from Megan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, let's start off with my struggle. This is a housekeeping struggle. And just for a little background context, I would say that if I were to chart my. Uh, how I spend my time on a normal day, normal week, I would probably say 50% of my time is spent on housekeeping duties. That's really impressive. I'm a terrible housekeeper. So, well, I feel like that's what it should be. Well, maybe, but for how much time I spend, I feel like there is not equal proportion of evidence of that, which is my, well, you're probably like a thorough conscientious home manager. I mean, you guys who listen to Megan and I talk about, like, cleaning our kitchens when we have people over. I mean, sanitizing cutting boards. These these are things, like, you're supposed to do if you're a grown-up. And I feel like I don't necessarily do them. 
Well, I'm captivated by those conversations, so I appreciate that Yeah, people that like whole... to hear, like, how you do things in your house. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, so my specific housekeeping struggle is cleaning those pesky humidifiers. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have. I was so excited when you told me this is what you were <laughs> talking about because I have so many. Okay, well, why don't you, you tell a little more before I weigh in. Like, what okay. kind of humidifier and what are you currently trying to do okay so i will only allow my house to have one humidifier because they are clunky Mm -hmm. ugly i don't care how many um blog posts i have seen about this is such a pretty cute humidifier ad this is a must add to your baby registry they're all ugly right so i perhaps maybe on the ugly spectrum have one of the uglier kinds okay so mine is just a vix mm-hmm. large i've probably had it because i've had like 30 humidifiers but continue <laughs> okay. okay so um i have had this same model twice because my first one broke after maybe a year or mm-hmm. something so um basically I feel that with little ones in the house, even though we're currently in the midst of cold and flu season, with little ones, you're kind of always on that, in that yeah, season. totally. Yeah. So um, it just kind of circulates from room to room. Whoever needs the humidifier most gets it. Okay. So whoever's coughing the hardest, right. loudest, right. longest, right. that's a kid. So um, they say that you're supposed to clean the humidifier, get this, daily. Okay. Ain't nobody who has have time for that. Who has time for that? <laughs> so I don't even clean my children daily, as we know. <laughs> so I do mine once a week, I would say. Okay. Um, twice a week on a really conscientious good week where I'm just killing it yeah. on, on the household stuff. Um, but so ours specifically, and and you know, other moms out there weigh in on this. Um are all of the well, Sarah? I guess you represent all the moms of the world, having had thirty humidifiers yeah. in your life. Yeah. But do do all of the the basins have so many grooves yeah. and nooks and crannies yeah. and tight little places that you have to squeeze in a Q-tip or whatever yeah. little device you're using to clean that? I think they all do. Okay. I mean, but the question is, do all moms clean their humidifiers that thoroughly? And I know you're supposed to. I mean, we're talking about like. Moisture going into the air that our babies breathe. So right. I'm not I'm not de-emphasizing that, but I am also going to tell you that I never cleaned them that way. I also was so overwhelmed by cleaning instructions. Sometimes it's vinegar. Sometimes it's like, do, where did you get the information about how to clean yours? I think I Googled it once. Um, and to be honest, this is a confession. I sometimes will watch YouTube videos of women clean their houses. This is how into housekeeping I am. Because I'm like, ooh, what's your method? What's what's the solution you Okay, I, I can actually see the appeal. While I wanted to cry laughing, that was really funny <laughs> that you just said that. No, I, I do get the appeal because we all, it's something that, and we talked about, Megan and I talked about this just a couple weeks ago. And we talked about we're not all like schooled in the ways of right. like how to do this. Um, it's and, my and, virtual home ec. It exactly, really is. Exactly. Yeah. So I totally, I totally get that. I just, it's also kind of funny yeah so um i use a vinegar water solution i have not seen any techniques that are to the contrary of okay. that yeah I, I, vinegar is seen... what i remember reading okay um yeah so i just um you know if we're in a hurry if we realize oh shoot we haven't cleaned the humidifier in a week and we're he's probably breathing the opposite of yeah. the air that we're trying to yeah. get him to yeah. breathe so um we'll quickly do a curse well when i say we i mean i um i'll do a cursory clean and just um dump out the water pour in just a ton of vinegar and then like the rest with water swish it around dump it out, 
But what happens is a a light pink sort of film mm-hmm. will develop. And um, so then I get in with a scrub brush, mm-hmm. but no scrub brush, whether it's a sponge or even the tiniest of brushes. I've I've now resorted to a straw brush, an OXO long, twisty, flexible wire to get into those grooves and nooks and crannies. But then a sort of calcium deposit mm-hmm. also yeah. builds up, and that I, I have not been able to tackle. Well, and in theory, that's in our water probably, right? Well, we so have like, a water softener, so okay. we have soft water. Yeah. But I think even with that, I think yeah. there's like still there's some naturally, naturally occurring, yes. occurring minerals. Um, yes. Okay, so I'll tell you my approach, which was basically to get a new humidifier. <laughs> okay, condemn. Um, condemn yeah. the old humidifier. No, so here's so my babies were all in Arizona, where it's super dry all year round. So you really almost – it was pretty normal to have a humidifier going for babies and in young every toddlers. Room, all the time. Not necessarily in every room. I feel like it was usually the baby. Like, you know, unless okay. my older child was sick, it was usually in the baby's room. Um, wow. Now, your kids are closer together than mine. So if I had, you know, a one and a two-year-old, I don't know that I ever – I think a couple times I owned two humidifiers, usually just one. Was not as diligent about cleaning. Much more of a like rinse out, wipe down. I don't, I don't know if I did the vinegar ever, Katie. I mean, well, what did you wipe it down with? A just like a towel. Clean, yeah, like like rinse the water out really well, like a clean rag. Yeah, like just okay. making sure that that it was starting fresh with really clean water, that yes. it was drying completely once in a while. Right. But again, you're using them all the time. I had several humidifiers break. Um, I agree with you. I feel like they're always around $40. It doesn't matter if it's like the best one on the market or the cheapest one. There doesn't seem to be a huge amount of difference. No, they're all cool mist humidifiers. Yeah, exactly. And so I went through a ton. Um, we should see, we should link up if you have one that you like right now. And I, I'll probably think of a couple that I liked. Um, but one <laughs> time I have one, I'm sure she I has at least one or two. <laughs> really like whichever one was on the shelf at. <laughs> Target or Walgreens um, when I had a sick baby. But I have one actual funny story about this. Early on in my humidifier days, I figured, so Allegra must have been six months to a year. I had one baby. She probably didn't have a cold. I probably didn't own one before that. She was my healthiest baby, so she didn't have colds. Oh, okay. She was born in the late spring, so she had a whole summer season. So it would have been, yeah, so it would have been like that first winter, and she probably had a cold. The doctor probably told me to get one. Um, so I figured that like bottle parts and pump parts that you could boil or have really hot water to sterilize, which seems like good, a good piece of logic, right? Because there's plastic that, that like pump parts and bottle parts that you can actually boil to sterilize or steam. Right. So I put all my humidifier, (laughs) all my humidifier parts in a pot of boiling water (laughs) and they all melted. Oh, Oh no. Or like not totally, but like, in fact, it was almost not noticeable was like great they they boiled like super sterilized i got them out i air dried them and like i went to put it back together i'm like oh it doesn't fit and it's because everything was like slightly warped partially disfigured i did not clearly watch youtube videos on how to do that i just tossed everything so that quickly went from my first to my second humidifier Oh my! It was ruined. I mean, it didn't. The plastic, like the parts, didn't fit together because they. See, that's one of those lessons, trial and error. You know, it's not like you during adolescence, your mom sits you down and says, "Okay, Sarah, here is a piece of knowledge." I I just don't feel very confident in the um like those types of cleaning projects in general. You're probably doing like a really good job because you're at least following some instructions, and your humidifiers are cleaner than mine ever were. And don't be afraid to just throw it away and get a new one. Okay. Because yeah, sometimes, that's... sometimes honestly, the reason was I felt like it was kind of gross. 
So I would get a new one. Often yeah. it was because it broke or like if we hadn't used it in a few months, I'd get it out and then it would kind of gross me out. Yeah. And so like instead of cleaning it, I would just buy a new one. <laughs> there you go. Friends, take that take that home with well, you. Well, I like that technique. Can I just ask one last yeah. question? Okay. Um, one of the biggest problems is the fact that the base basin mm-hmm. where um you put the yeah. canister on yeah, top I know of, what I mean. The cord is connected. Yeah. And so you can't submerge that. Correct. So that's a problem because yeah. water's splattering everywhere. Yeah. Kyle's in the background telling me, like, don't you know you shouldn't have cords in this sink? Right. And yeah. And yeah, I would be careful around yeah, the water. I would probably more make sure, like, get in there with your scrubber or whatever, but then also make sure it dries really well. I think yeah. that's oh, I yeah. mean, I, I think that's more important than anything because yeah. the bacteria lives in moisture, right? So yeah. as long as it yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. Don't well, do not listen to me. My husband works for the electric company and I just have him plug it in after I'm done cleaning it. <laughs> no. It's okay, hey, you guys. He's really not in danger. The it's, other it's okay. the other thing is that all of my kids lived through their baby and toddler cold and flu seasons with potentially Bad humidifier air. germs <laughs> piped into their lungs every night. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Whatever you're doing is probably okay. They survived. They all breathe they, fine yeah, now. Good. Okay. Well, let's move on to my discovery. Okay. So this discovery is that uh, this little bit of wisdom that I learned from a mom that I actually taught two of her four children in oh, high school nice. English. She had two sets of twins. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I saw both sets of twins go through school, but I actually taught the lower two. Okay. And two twin girls, the older set was fraternal. Anyway, she volunteered for the PTA. So we were having a conversation in the teacher's lounge. She was kind of always around the campus. And um, she told me, she said, you know, you're only ever as happy as your least happy child. Yeah. And I was just kind of pondering that today. And the truth of it, starting from just really out the gate, because, um, you know, these little things that come into our lives are kind of these metaphorical emotional thermostats. Yeah. And kind of set the emotional tone. Yeah. Of your day, your weeks, yeah. your months, and then eventually yeah. your life. And and I would imagine, and you can attest to this, I'm sure Megan um, more so with adolescence. Yeah. Because, um, you know, from what I hear, as your kids get older, there's just more sort of emotional mm-hmm. baggage. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, what weighs more heavily than like the physical demands sure. of, of yes. mothering. Yes. Motherhood gets less physically demanding, for sure more complex emotionally exactly yeah no I I can see that applying to so many things too I was also thinking you're you're only as happy as the I'm gonna mess this up but like the kid that you're the the least worried about like I feel like when you have multiple kids there's always one that's going through something that's just kind of like nagging on your brain it's either behavioral or it's health you know right so even if that kid is happy you're only as you're only as calm as like the kid causing you the least amount of worry. Does that make yes, sense? Like yes, there's yes. that underlying, and that's more about, that's less about happiness and more about like kind of keeping your ducks in a row, like physically. There's always like one kid going through something that's kind of weighing on you yeah. in a way. The other thing I will say, and I'm sure Megan will um, chime in on this too, is I do think we get better with practice about choosing our state of happiness or calmness regardless of what's going on with our kids. And that just takes a lot of time when you're physically around your kids all the time and right. their physical unhappiness or their physical needs are like in your face screaming. Oh, then completely. yeah. Like your life is a direct reflection of 
that's You're the squeakiest wheel exactly yeah, yeah and just like imagine the volatility it's like more yeah. volatile than the stock market on its worst right. day right and so there's no way well i shouldn't say there's no way separating yourself from that detaching if you will is pretty hard when it's when it's like physically your full-time job all the time but as your kids are separated from you more you spend more time away from them and i think as you just get more practiced i do think you're never going to separate from it completely but i do think that moms in a healthy headspace are able to sort of be happy or find their happiness regardless of the least happy child so that's another maybe spin to put on it too right no I like that I absolutely like that and theoretically I think that's where all moms strive to be want to be right but I think maybe in practice and in application there's a bigger disconnect maybe than we'd like to believe absolutely and I don't think anybody can completely separate from that right I do think that's really wise I feel like I had heard that before too um and the thing is with multiple kids the more kids you have the more likely that somebody's unhappy or unhealthy or like going through some kind of transition right I know so Megan wow five yeah accepting that is a is a big part of just being able to deal with it. I think. Right, right. I like that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So to end, I will end on a successful note. And that is Luke, though he has dropped down to one nap, which is kind of sad, but napping is a struggle in his life. Yeah. Just so maybe it'll always. be easier. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, now yeah. he really has not protested naps at yeah. all for the last couple months um, when he dropped down to one nap, but he has begun um, transferring asleep from the car into his crib, which he's never done that. I've never actually had a child transfer well. Annalie never transferred. If she fell asleep on the car, in the car, I was doomed. She was either going to wake up right when we got home Mm -hmm. or she was going to nap in her car seat maybe slightly longer. And Mm -hmm. I just was kind of handcuffed to my Mm -hmm. car. Um, But it just kind of lifts the burden of um, needing to, like, crank up the volume Mm -hmm of the radio mm-hmm. or start screaming at mm-hmm. Annalie, can you please play with Luke? Yeah. Can you get his attention? Oh yeah. You know, to try yeah, and preventing, stir him. preventing the nap. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, as long as he doesn't exceed, I would say if he exceeds longer, if he exceeds 15 minutes of okay. sleep in the car, then he probably right. won't transfer. Yeah. So what about you and yeah. your, in your no, napping I, days? Yeah. So I feel like with my first two kids, I was so afraid that they weren't going to transfer. Probably got burned a couple of times. It only takes a couple of times where oh, to like you're you. counting on that hour and a half nap and they wake up after 10 minutes in the car and they're like, nope, I'm good. Thanks. Right. That was an awesome nap. What do you mean I didn't nap? I, I totally power, napped. Like, power nap. So I think I just stopped trying and I was home, especially when I had like your stage, like two napping, like a napping toddler and a baby. I was home a lot and I just structured my life around making sure I didn't have to do that, including keeping a baby awake and, you know, not being in the car at right. certain tricky times. Um, right. Third child didn't really have a choice, but she right. was the best transfer. And that's oh. probably because I just got it figured out and I right. figured out that she would. So I have a couple ways that I did transfers when she was tiny um, and like in the infant car seat that would snap out Mm -hmm. I think I've even talked about this on a show before but I'll repeat it when I would leave the house we had a downstairs bathroom with a pretty noisy ceiling fan or you know air fan and so before I left the house I would turn most of the lights off which I would do anyway and turn the fan on in that bathroom because it was right inside the garage door white noise yes white noise and I would pre-do the white noise before I left so that when I came home and she was in the infant car seat 
I could take the whole car seat, and this may not even count as a transfer because she stayed in it, but it's still transfer from the car. Oh yeah, into the house. Door and I would shutting make, and yeah, I would opening. and lights like coming yeah. on, and I would make the big kids stay in the car. They were safe. They were in the garage, like <laughs> yeah. they were right there. So they'd stay put, and I would take that infant car yes. seat right, slip in the garage door, and into this dark bathroom where the fan was already going. Oh, beautiful! And that was genius, and just set the infant car seat down, and the fa- fan was loud enough that then I didn't worry about the noise of the rest of us coming in the house yes and sometimes at that stage it only bought me another 30 minutes or whatever but um because she was probably on two naps a day like that was when she was like an infant um yeah and then later she was a really good transfer from the car to her crib and her crib is upstairs so that means I was carrying a toddler yep you know in from the car um and one thing that was funny was one year Reed was in preschool so he would have been four she was like one and a half it was the year we moved here to California and she would always want to fall asleep on the way to get him at preschool. I want to say I picked him up at 1215. So oh, she was one nap. And and so I did not want her to fall asleep on the way to preschool because then I, I had to go in. Absolutely so I had to not. go in and get her, wait for him, right. get everybody back in the car. Even if she stayed asleep that whole time, it would have meant that by the time we got home, 30, 40 minutes would nap have passed. Over, yeah. yeah. So on the way to school, it was all bells and whistles, like, do not fall asleep. <laughs> Feed her. Start yeah. feeding her. Yeah. Throwing french fries in the <laughs> yeah. back. And then I, we'd get him. And then I would actually want her to go to sleep because right. that, that transfer then started the nap. And actually, we had, like, I had another kid to pick up a couple hours later. So I, I actually wanted her to, like, go ahead and get started on the nap. So that entire year was like, don't fall asleep. Okay, fall asleep now. <laughs> transfer. Okay. Oh, and then, oh, and then there was a reverse transfer because we only had, like, an hour and a half at home. Anyone with three little kids, there, you will go through a phase where you have a baby, a napping baby, a preschooler, and an elementary schooler. Oh and it is probably goodness. one of the most challenging. So then we'd be home for the nap. And then often she would still be asleep. She was my best napper, my worst nighttime sleeper, but my best napper. She'd still be asleep. It'd be two o'clock in time to go pick up the first grader. So I would reverse transfer, go upstairs. I'd get Reed in the car, get everything all ready, go upstairs, bring her sleeping down, put her in her car seat. And sometimes she would even continue to stay asleep and kind of like wake up at some point along the pickup. Okay, wow. And I did that three days a week for whatever, a school year. Wow. That's like a gold medalist. It was. Okay. It was. Reverse transfer. That's amazing. I have one more thing to talk about with transfers because you guys, I mean, I was always super paranoid. I'm sure Megan's laughing listening to us in this because her kids just fell asleep (laughs) or they fell asleep and you put them somewhere and it's fine. Um, But I, I'm kind of just as paranoid about like my kids can stay up late now. We can go out to a party. We can travel. It's like super easy. But I do kind of have a fear of like, there have been a few times where it's like an airplane, like um, if we're going to fly somewhere and get in really late mm-hmm. and drive, I I still kind of have a fear of like, if they had to fall asleep in a car at say 10 o'clock at night or whatever, yeah. and we got to our destination, oh, yeah. would they wake up and just want to be <laughs> all, up night all night party? I don't think they would, but it's almost like it never goes away. We're like, oh no. What if they don't sleep? Oh, well, the fear of yeah. sleep deprivation just kind yeah, of burned rules. into you. Oh yeah. 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 That's awesome. Okay, well, this has been really fun. So, so fun. yeah, we'll link to humidifiers in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, listeners, keep on listening. Megan's going to come back with me, and we're going to sort of talk about these things, how some of these things have changed. Megan, I'm sure we'll add some more thoughts. And then Megan and I are going to share our own struggle, discovery, and success from our stages of life. Yay, so, I'm so excited for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we will be back with Megan in just a second. Katie, thanks for being here. Thanks. Okay, so I'm back with Megan, and we're going to chat about everything we just heard from Katie, I, will be really I fun. can't wait. I have so much to say, 
And yet so little to say about humidifiers. <laughs> I know. I feel that maybe everything has been said. Although, you know, I'm going to ask you. You know, I'm going to ask you about humidifiers. It's okay. fine. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. Okay. So I feel a little bit like we're going to be picking apart what Katie said, but we're not. We're just continuing the conversation. Continuing the conversation. Yes. Yeah. And I want to get kind of your insight because one of the things about Katie and my segments is they're always sort of new mom focused and I'm kind of right. the one in the middle and you have the perspective of 20 years of motherhood. So I so- had to laugh really pretty hard when I was listening to your humidifier section, which I want to say went on for like 10 minutes, maybe seven. It It was long. Um, you got, there were so many details about humidifiers and, um, it's funny because I have not owned a humidifier in a while for whatever reason, the house we live in currently, it just doesn't, it doesn't get super dry and I'm very sensitive to that. And it's just not really, really dry. I think we have one kicking around that I pull out when people have colds and stuff, but I haven't been in the market for a new one in a while. Um, so it, it really hasn't been a thing for me recently, but I remember having like investing heavily in humidifiers, not only buying them. I had several when the kids were little, but also just like the search for the perfect humidifier. Right. So I do get that aspect of it. However, I don't remember anything about cleaning them at all. <laughs> and you are a would... clean, you, you do not like, I mean, you like to clean and sanitize. Things, I do like to clean know from and... recent discussions. Yeah. Yeah. Kitchen. No, I'm not right. I'm not against cleaning at all. Yeah. Um, 
I don't remember ever using like a vinegar and water solution. So my guess is when I bought it, I promptly recycled the box and tossed the um, use and care <laughs> guidelines into a drawer, never to be seen again. And I probably just looked at it and made guesses. And I do have this memory of actually taking my humidifier apart and putting the bowl, you know, whatever you'd call the like the container, the, yeah. the base in the dishwasher. Because to me, when in doubt, just put it in the dishwasher right. on sanitize and that takes care of most things. And then I feel like as long as it's dry, like thoroughly dry afterward, you're going to avoid bacteria and mold. And so I think that's just my approach to like everything. And I'm guessing unless it looked gunky around right. the mechanism part, I probably didn't clean it. No, I, I didn't either. But I thought one thing that came up that I thought was really interesting was Katie saying how much she uses YouTube to get these techniques. And at first, of course, I wanted to kind of laugh because it's it just was not something I would think to do. But again, that I think is a sort of age generation thing. And then the more I thought about it, the more I realized when you and I were blogging at The Happiest Home, people were absolutely interested in very specific details of how not just cleaning, but how how we manage our homes down to the little details. And there's something very satisfying yeah. about peeking behind the curtain. So while, of course, I wanted to poke fun at Katie watching YouTube videos of women cleaning their homes, <laughs> yeah. number one, I'm sure she's not alone. She's a few years younger than we are. And that's a YouTube generation yeah, thing. But number two, sure. that's not new because people have always been wanting to know how other people clean. Do things, and and yeah. the most mundane details of home life are sort of interesting in a way. So. They are. And and I could see how that could, I'm not a video. I don't go to video content for learning. Like that's my last yeah. case scenario usually. And I think that's because I'm an early internet adopter. And so I always saw the internet as a text based mm -hmm. sure. um, sort of, I don't know, medium. And it yeah. took me a long time to get used to even visuals on the internet. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm kind of slow to adapt sometimes. Well, but no, I, yeah, I totally I agree. Get it, I feel like watching, for me, searching something up and watching a video is like a bigger commitment. Like if I can skim something really quick with my exactly. eyes and see if it has what I need, whereas if I have to load something and push play, I don't know. Don't what you get really frustrated me. sometimes when someone's demonstrating? You're like, yeah, 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 I got it. Move on. Like, right, get to the But part. then you don't want to, you don't want to take the little slider and move it because what if you move too far? Right. You don't know what's yeah. happening. Anyway. You don't know what's happening. <laughs> what's happening? Um, okay. Yeah. So Katie also shared her discovery was you're only as happy as your least happy kid. And then we also talked about car nap transfers. Anything? Oh, wait. I want to circle back to one thing really quick. But we're still um, in humidifiers. We're then. still in humidifiers. No, no, no. Um, Katie mentioned at the be very beginning of that that she spends about half her time doing right. housework. And at first I was like, well, that's a lot. But then I thought about it. For me, that would be a lot now. But like... So much of when you have a little kid, you know, like I'm going to say five and under. Yeah. So much of housekeeping is actually like parenting. It's right. It's just another part of parenting. So or it's like, it's like person keeping because right. the people can't keep track of themselves. themselves. So like, you know, there's, <laughs> there's care. high chairs to yeah. clean and there's toys all over the floor and yeah. there's clothes that need to always be like, you know, there's more clothes to wash because kids are pooping in themselves. And so I just think like, I think for myself, I probably do more housework than I'm aware of because I think I go on an autopilot a lot yeah. and then I don't even know that I've done stuff sometimes. Um, like I'm sitting on a made bed right now and I have no idea how it got made, which is a little <laughs> weird. But so that happens. But also I think when you're a mom of little ones, like parenting and housekeeping are just the same thing. Yes. And so I can totally a, see. How yeah. And there's a lot of more time. physical demands that are yeah. right in that, like you said, the overlap area between taking care of the small humans and right. taking care of your home. It's all intermingled. Yeah. And well, it's kind of, it extends to like food even like right now, yeah. I only see making dinner as parenting Yeah, because my kids like get their own snacks and stuff. Yeah. 
But like, you know, when they were little, every single meal they ate was parenting. Yes. Because they couldn't get it for themselves. So. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think. And then maybe hopefully that gives people who feel like they're just doing a lot of mundane household tasks a little light at the end of the tunnel because your kids help out a lot also. And yeah. they do a lot of, you know, they help with a lot of the housework as well. Katie also has a beautiful home and I know she takes a lot of pride in a lot of those jobs. So it's also possible she's doing more than maybe some people who than not, us not, what yeah than, than us <laughs> than me katie's been in my house like a million times so i've i've let go of any pretense for me but yes it's all good okay and then yeah what else what else did we talk about that you wanted to comment on oh well i wanted to comment on both of the other things so okay. just really briefly um you had that conversation about um only being as happy as your unhappiest kid and yeah. i see the truth in that in some regards like if you have a child who's really going through some stuff that I could see being true, like, because they're, that becomes like a constant day-to-day drag or um, just a need that needs to be met. And yeah. those are the times that I don't feel bad at all about putting more resources or time into that kid who mm-hmm. needs that. Because I feel like it, it like a rising tide lifts all boats. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like then everybody benefits from that. But overall, I'm in my house right now. All five of my kids are in my house. I don't know who's happy right now. Yeah. I just don't. I mean, first of all, they might not even tell me if they're happy yeah. or not. I might not find out until later. And they keep things to themselves more the older they get. Yeah. And then if I allowed my um, happiness to match the unhappiest kid in the house with five kids, I would be a wreck all the time. Yeah. Because someone's always mad or unhappy about yeah. something. So, yeah. yeah, I think that there's like there's it's one of those sayings. It's kind of like like a cliche that has a like a nugget of truth to it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is so much more complex, which yeah. is pretty much every cliche in yeah. proverb, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, and I yeah. think I think the way Katie and I framed it too is like it is true in its simplest form when your babies are really tiny and your kids are really little because you're yeah. you are pretty much pinned down by the unhappiest kid. I mean, that's just the most demanding. Right. But then as they grow, yeah, I mean, I think my my point was we need to get better about having our happiness not be completely tied to the happiness of each of our kids. Otherwise, like you said, we'd be miserable and yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we talked about the dreaded car nap transfer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I at, while I was listening to that, I had so much um, empathy for everybody whose kid is like dropping a nap and or, or not even dropping a nap, but they're just dealing with the whole car nap situation. Yeah. But I will tell you, I don't have anything like really of value to share because I don't think I ever got it together. I feel like <laughs> what I finally figured out the best, you know, time to cut off a kid's nap or get them out of the car before they started, you know, like in time to get them in bed or whatever. Like by the time I finally figured that out with one kid, they were like growing out of the nap entirely. Mm -hmm. And then I was on the next kid and their thing was completely different. So I don't have much to say, except I do remember spending a lot of time in the car. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember spending a lot of time going through these like complicated, like algorithms in my head. And, you know, it's funny. I wonder sometimes... I remember being like really um, impressed by myself at one point, you know, within the last five years or so and thinking like, wow, like I'm really good at being in a situation and visualizing like five different ways it could go, like <laughs> anticipating and and then like solving for each one separately. Yeah. And it's all because of, I think it's all because of naps. <laughs> I think it's all because of like learning 
like you sit there and you're like, oh, okay, so they've been napping for five minutes and going by history, that means that maybe if they sleep another five minutes, I might still be able to get them out of the car and get them right. in their bed. But if they don't do that, I need to have another like solution. Maybe I just t- take them out in their car seat and put the car seat somewhere. I mean, you go through these like complicated, you know, I, I don't even know, like equations to get the outcome you need. And then you you fail over and over. <laughs> so that teaches you something. I just feel like there's like this motherhood yeah. math going on at all times. No, I think that's I think that's so true. And the other the other one thing I will add about naps and sleep is sometimes I think moms think they need to um, change something or put structure or put a schedule or have a system. And I always say about sleep, if it if you are not going crazy and you're cool with the way it's happening, and if the way it's happening is sometimes the baby sleeps in the car, sometimes they transfer, sometimes they don't, that if you're if it's not making you miserable, you don't have to change anything. You don't need a schedule or a system. And I think sometimes moms sort of feel like they do. Um, Whereas if you are never getting a moment to yourself because your baby's falling asleep in the car and then waking up on the way in and you're just at your wits end, then that's the time to do something about it. Does that make sense? So like sometimes the chaos of napping babies and toddlers feels like, "Ah, I've got to fix this. I need a system. I need a, but you you really don't. Sometimes you can just lean into the chaos unless it's making you crazy. Does that, I think does that make sense at all? You're like, totally right. And I, I also think that sometimes we tell ourselves we should be more on top of it. And that makes us crazier than like right. just writing something out. Just sometimes writing something it out. Might, might write itself in 30 days or, or exactly. two months. And that's a long time. But, you know, it'll also probably take that much, that length of time for you to enact a new system. Exactly. any kind of, you know, success anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I always took the write it out approach almost always with parenthood. And it's it usually works not yeah. always but and and if what you, works all the time and if your mental health is suffering because of something then that's a good time to be like okay something needs to change we need a different right. schedule a different system um but if it ain't broke just lean in I just don't know. lean in that's, yep. that's our new motto just lean in um okay so should we do a little struggle discovery success of our own sure um i'll go first okay and um i'll make it brief because i think i talked about humidifiers longer than <laughs> It's funny how that happens. I know, right? Okay, so I okay, so when I got into this, I realized that my struggle and my success were like kind of the same. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the struggle that I've been having lately is that I've realized that my schedule is kind of like unmanageable or unsustainable if anything goes wrong. Mm, So yes, you know, like. I leave no wiggle room for sickness. I don't have any wiggle room for joy. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Just ya. kidding. I enjoy myself. But like, I didn't leave any room in my, you know, in my crazy packed life for like watching TV and yeah. stuff like that. And I just get really resentful when enough yeah. time goes by and I yeah. haven't been able to do those things. And then yeah. when I know that if like tomorrow Clara can't find her shoes, yeah, um, that's going to throw everything off, then I get really frustrated. So that has been a struggle. Yeah. Um, but then the success is that I, I proactively figured that out mm-hmm. and have been looking at making some really hard changes to the way we do things that will write that. And I think what I'm, you know, what I've learned throughout the years is that everybody, everybody, everybody falls off the wagon at some point mm-hmm. and loses track of what's important or sustainable or, you know, isn't doing their best job, isn't on, on as much as they could be. Yeah. But we always have an opportunity to stop and go, okay, well, what can I change? And it's easy when you're like spiraling <laughs> downward. Right. And, you know, there there have been days in the last couple of weeks where I have found myself 
in tears or mad at the wrong people. Like yep. mad at someone who made a very legitimate request of me because it's just one more thing piling on that I yeah. can't deal with. Um, but then that's a good reminder to me, like something yeah. is off and I need to take a look and what can I change? And that's yeah. what I'm doing right now. So I've made some real headway in the last couple of days with changing things about my work schedule that aren't working, changing things about, um, the way about my financials that I have mm -hmm. just ignored that weren't working. So lots of things are, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of making yeah. changes and that's energizing in a way too, even if I won't see the effects right away. Yeah. So I guess that's a struggle and a success. That is a struggle and a success. And one thing that struck me as you were talking is compared to a new mom struggle, which often our advice is hang in there, it gets better, <laughs> or right. this is just the way it's going to be for a while. Um, you were really able to identify the struggle and like have a lot of agency. And we don't right. always, I mean, not every struggle is just fixable, but I was just struck by kind of the difference between um, a struggle where in your phase of life versus when, yeah. you know. But I will also say that if you are realizing, say you're like stuck in a phase and your baby's not sleeping or whatever, I think that choosing to lean into that is also taking agency. Yes, you're right. No, you're totally right. You know, right. like mm -hmm. there's, al there's always something you can do. <laughs> there's always something. I agree. And if that thing is just like complaining to a friend and then deciding, you know what, I'm not going to try to fix this. I'm right. just going to let it be. That is also, or maybe figuring out some little dumb thing you can do for yourself to yep. make it more bearable. That is also taking action. Yep. That's Absolutely. also, no, that's also totally a success right. along with the struggle. So totally yes, right. I agree with you, but like, I think no matter what I'm always, I'm an action oriented person. So yeah. I'm always looking for the, what can I do to yep. like, to not fix it? Cause I can't fix my situation either. It just is what it is, but there are things I can do to make it better or to make totally. my reaction to it yep. better. Totally. Um, my discovery is just real, real quick. Um, I got a new iPhone. Nice. It is the 8 Plus. Nice. It has an amazing camera. I'm so jealous. I didn't think I cared about cameras on my phone, but I will tell you what. I have really enjoyed taking some very great, like, yeah, crisp, beautiful, Are you using that well portrait feature? Have you tried that? I've, I've tried all the features now. And here's what's interesting. This phone is inspiring me to do things that I've never done before, like like try features that I never tried before. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I'm actually really also loving about having my new iPhone is I got a pop socket. I don't know if you're familiar with it. They're like those little handles. Okay. I can picture it, but explain to our listeners because the first so time they're you like, said it. They're like a little sticky circle and it sticks on the back of your phone and then you pop yep. the socket, like it pops out mm -hmm. and you can use it to hold the phone. And that's really important with the eight plus because it's enormous it's and big. it weighs, yeah. compared to my old phone, it weighs like a million pounds. And then um, it allows you to, it just makes it easier to like take selfies, right. to text. Like it just makes like normal functions right. much easier. Right. And taking pictures is one of those. It makes it much easier. And you can also like use it to kind of like as a stand to prop your phone up if you want to watch yes, a video or I've something. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, so, so those it's really things cool. are there. That would be a great little stocking stuffer too, or to add, or yeah, they're like about ten bucks. Yeah, okay, and they're and available in a lot of places. Like I've those... gotten them at Target, and I got them at a gift store. So okay, and like the mall kiosks probably have them. All the yep. ones that have like phone yep. accessories. Yeah, it's called a pop socket. Pop like socket. Oh, okay. Yep, I, I had seen them. I didn't know what they were called. Um, okay, so mine are my struggle is um, remember how terrible group projects were when you were in school. Oh, yeah. Did you hate group projects? I, I did. Them. So yeah. the only thing worse that I have realized is group projects when it is your child involved in the group school project. We're just at like a very, Allegra's in fourth grade, and I feel like it's a very transitional age to where um, 
I don't want to be involved in school projects at all. I don't. Right. I'm really hands off. I don't even really like homework at all. My kids either have not had a lot of homework or we've opted out of homework. So I'm I'm I lean very hands off, very kind of opposite of helicopter when it comes to schoolwork. And that's that's like philosophically where I come down is like it's your project. I need you to learn from, you know, this process. However, fourth grade, they're nine. It's a little young to just be like, you're on your own. I mean, they can't coordinate getting together on their own. They're all subject to rides. And we did. So they have um, our school does these semester long projects and they can sometimes be in groups or in pairs. And most of the work is supposed to be done in class. But We've had a couple of outside of school get togethers and it's a group of four girls and they're all very nice and all the moms are very well-meaning, but, oh, I just like, I don't feel like I know exactly how helpful and involved to be. My instinct is to just not be involved at all, but I don't think that's right. I think they need a little coaching. Allegra needs my support so that she knows that, you know, I'm available. She needs to learn how to be in a group project. But the thing is, I didn't like group projects either. So I'm like totally not motivated to help. I don't I really don't like when it becomes like a group text chain with the moms trying to then get Figure involved. Out. Yes, like uh, so I don't know yeah. you, you don't have to solve it. It's just it, No, but this is yeah. one of those things that really frustrates me because like I know the point is like you, in your life you're going to have to work with other groups. Right. Like you're going to have to learn to work in a group. However, you will <laughs> never be matched up so unevenly again in yeah. your life, I hope. Where well, maybe you will. I don't know. In my experience, weakest links get fired. Yes. <laughs> so, so it's I've never been in a situation in my professional life where someone can just ride yeah and skate by the way it worked in school yeah. and that used to make me nuts yeah um and then also just I like to do my own thing I don't yeah. really like to be on other people's timelines like there was a whole bunch of stuff in that and uh, I feel you I yeah. don't know I, I think this is one of those things I think Allegra if she feels supported by you can probably work a lot of this out on her own. I think so too. And I think they're not, this is not something that grades like that. This is for the experience. They're doing it for the experience. They're learning a lot about how to research, how to work together. That's, that's the educational goal is the process. It's not like there's a grade writing on this. I just, Mm -hmm. I really have found myself sort of conflicted about this. I need to reread um, Jess Leahy's gift of failure. Cause that, I mean, that's the sort of like the inspiration call to let kids yeah. learn this stuff on their own and back off. I just feel like fourth grade is a little young to completely back off. And that's the struggle that I've had is, you yeah, know, that how, is young, how supportive to and, be or how involved. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, a kid like Allegra is going to end up taking the brunt. Like she's going to end up with stuck, right. You know, with all the work and <laughs> she's maybe not in a place where she can advocate for herself. So, right. so maybe that's yeah. my, that's my role then. I don't know, but yeah. I just, I'm over it. Like, maybe I'm ready maybe for it your role done. is just to listen and go, yeah, you know, you really, they really should have, um, the person really should have pulled their weight on that or, yeah. oh, you know, sounds like you guys having a disagreement about this thing. Well, you know, is, is this the hill you want to die on? <laughs> <laughs> to use our favorite phrase. I just wanted to use that phrase, but like, I bet you someone in, and I'm not an Allegra type, but I think you kind of maybe are. There, yeah, we have some per, some similarities. So whenever someone is a super high achiever, well, we've talked about this with the Enneagram. When you're a one, 
you want people to know when they're messing up. Yeah, you just want everything <laughs> to be done the right way. Yeah, and then, actually, Allegra, I don't think is like that with me. No, she's, you don't think she so? is a people pleaser. That's she's different. She's a people pleaser. She's definitely oh, a peacemaker. my way. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but she's that's a less... different. That's a different kind of achievement and a very different motivation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, whole so, new episode. You can't fix it. That's no, the, that's the. Uh, What's the takeaway for this one? We should move on to a success now. Okay. Oh, I'm going to do a very quick discovery. That's next on my list, but it's super fast. (laughs) Okay. Maybe you guys all know about this, but we get a real Christmas tree in our house. So we go get it at Home Depot. It's in its stand with water. I only discovered this two years ago and it is a, it's a long watering funnel that you stick down in the basin and it comes up through the tree. It's just PVC pipe painted dark green, has a little red funnel at the top, but you can you can stand at your regular standing height and pour water in and the whole thing comes up. It's like waist high or hip high on me. And I pour it in there, but it doesn't really, it's not noticeable because it almost blends in with the tree. Does that make sense? The way I'm describing yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. So I will send a, I will uh, post a picture. It's made by handy things and they have them at home Depot. I looked on Amazon and it looks like they have them, but it's not on prime. So I think it might be carried at home Depot. But I was seriously crouching down and getting underneath a tree to water it. And in we've lived in very warm, dry climate. So Christmas trees, they get they go dry fast. Yeah. So this is the easiest way to water your tree and you no longer have to bend down and spill everything all over the floor. And it's fifteen dollars. Awesome. Yeah. And it really you don't even know it's there. It blends in with the tree. So okay. I have that's a, I have a feeling this year my cat's gonna be drinking out of the right the Christmas tree thing. So I'll probably have to figure something down. out. Yes. Okay. Oh boy. Um, and then my success is actually also school related, elementary school related, which is just a coincidence. But I have finally, after years, found a way to be involved at the kids' school that I really, truly like. And I am actually pretty involved. And you and I have done whole episodes about how much we hate field trips, right. house parties, like all the ways that we really don't love to be involved and don't feel guilty about it. But um, I took over organizing the volunteers for our school library this year. So at the beginning of the year, that looked like me getting trained on the checkout system, how to help kids check out books, um, and then recruiting about seven or eight volunteers and just creating a schedule for them. And so it was pretty, our, our school visits the library. Um, we share a campus with another charter school and we share a library with them. So our school has library visitation sessions on Mondays and Fridays. Um, So in the beginning of the year, it was a little bit time intensive because I was in there most Mondays and Fridays. But now that I have my little army of volunteers, I'm just overseeing the schedule, making sure they're all there. Um, But it's I think there's a couple of reasons why it's a good fit for me. The first one is books and reading and children, all of which I like. I like that I get to know each of the teachers because each teacher brings their kids to the library. And it's a very like pleasant experience. Everybody likes to go to the library. The kids love to check out books. It's a fun break in their day. Um, I do work with other volunteers, but it's a relatively small group. So it's not like a big committee. I don't have to, other than recruiting the seven or eight moms and dads that I did, I'm not, I don't have an ongoing outreach role to the school, which I think is a good fit for me because I don't like having to ask people for money, ask people to do things, get people to sign up for stuff on an ongoing basis. So I really only had to kind of do that once. Um, and I don't even really have to go in anymore unless one of my volunteers isn't able to make it. So it's like a really good fit. And when I do go in there, I love seeing the kids and I love, you know, recommending books and yeah. So if you have struggled to find a way to be involved at your school, or if you don't like traditional volunteer opportunities like field trips, uh, hang in there because I feel really, it's really fun for me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it. Great success. Yes. 
success. <laughs> All right. Well, well this... that was a, this has been a really fun episode. I've really loved. Um, I loved hearing you and Katie chat um, at length and getting and then getting to weigh in on it. I feel like we should do this more often. Yeah, it was really fun. And hopefully, with all of our recording schedules matching up sometime, it would be fun to get on and do another three three way episode like we did with our breastfeeding. Um, we did a breastfeeding episode where it was the three of us, and that was really fun. So. We will put that on the goals for 2018 nice. as well. Um, okay, so everything we talked about will be at themomhour.com. This was episode 133. Head to the website and you'll find our sponsors and any things we mentioned, including humidifiers. And we will <laughs> talk to you guys next week. Bye. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.